0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network, so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: Welcome once again. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show follows my laptop lifestyle, and I take you to places where you have those unexpected mastermind conversations, those run-ins with people you weren't expecting to meet, where you have those aha moments and those revelations that you weren't anticipating you'd receive that day. And where are you when those happen? You may hear birds in the background chirping. You may hear vehicles going down the street in the distance. You may be out at the park and see and hear other joggers going by. Today, we're coming to you from my high-tech studio, which consists of my laptop and my headset here in my sumptuous Las Vegas abode out here on my glamorous balcony in the hottest city in America. And we are going to discuss a topic that has been actually pretty hot for a long time and will, in my estimation, never really go away. I'm going to begin with a personal note. For those of you who follow the Business Creators Radio Show and are aware, I'm the creator of the podcast REACH system, which works with entrepreneurs to help them launch their business building podcasts, their key networking client attraction celebrity expert branding tool. The term podcasting itself has become, in a way, bastardized where people assume it's video. The fact is, if you look at the etymology of the word podcast, it goes back to the iPod, a device that's been around for a long time and is in the process of now, I believe, being discontinued after all these years. But it was revolutionary in the sense that it created a jump from simple textual blogging to multimedia blogging, where there could be an audio version. The video came a little bit later once we got smartphones, and 4D webcams, and most people got high-speed internet and the ability to use technologies like Zoom, Camtasia, et cetera, to create in their own homes, using their own skills, which could be mediocre, dazzling multimedia presentations. So today, we're going to discover topics such as how to brainstorm video ads, how to create a social media ad campaign, and this is of particular interest to me as a sit-down comic How to use comedy to drive brand awareness? These are just a few of the many areas where today's guests are very involved. Their names are Shelby Dash and Christina Clifford. They're both professionally trained comedic actresses who started making comedy videos just for fun in 2015. And what started out as a passion project turned into a career where various brands and businesses started approaching them for custom video content. There's more of the stories we'll discover in a second. And although content creation is no longer just a hobby for Shelby and Christina, they still bring that same sense of fun to every project they tackle, leaving their clients with something truly unique. They handle every aspect of production, from ideation to editing, a one-stop shop for all of your video content needs, which you can find at www.take2, that's the number 2 Take 2 So with that, Shelby and Christina, come on in, the weather's fine.
2: Thank, Hi. You. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming
1: us. You guys so are so nice. involved in video. It must be interesting the very first thing I said before you logged in, even before I said hello, was turn your cameras off and drink whatever you want. But that's what I say <laughs> in the green room to everybody who comes on Business Creators Radio. I guess we're one of the few remaining purest podcasts. And part of the reason goes back to what I said in the intro. I just don't want to have to be in a place where I have to worry about background and noise and lugging mm. my camera around and and giving up yeah. location flexibility and you know when it comes when it when it comes down to it I don't want to hold a media pose for up to an hour just, <laughs> I want to I want to I want to kick back with my with my home brewed iced tea here and uh and anything else I might not be admitting to and just have <laughs> some fun with this yeah so, c- Yeah. So speaking of fun, uh, what we like to do here, and I know you have a few very interesting insights to share with us, is I read off your official bio. It's very impressive. The stand up, excuse me, the sit down comic in me is not Mm -hmm. even sure he's worthy to be in your presence. And this is my show. So take us beyond the bio and tell us a bit about your journey and what has brought you to, to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion.
2: Well, you know, it's been a long road. It has, Um, but I feel like we're finally gaining traction and a really fun business. Uh, We started out as actors, came to LA with, you know, big eyes and a huge heart. And uh, we met each other in the acting world, the comedy world. And right off the bat, I saw how funny she was. So I immediately gravitated towards Shelby. This is Christina speaking. Um, (laughs) um, Likewise
3: for me, too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So we kind of gravitated toward each other. and And I noticed she was very motivated and was wanting to make these comedy videos. And this was way before everything was like crazy oversaturated and there was a million platforms. Um, So we immediately kind of connected and started making these really, really terrible videos, to be honest. We didn't know what we were doing at all, Um, but we kept doing it. And because we were studying acting in in a, a very comedy intensive acting class, we started to understand the rules of comedy and what makes something funny. Um, And so once we started gaining some traction, we started gaining followers and likes and all that stuff. And essentially we're doing that for gosh, seven years, seven to 10 years, something like that. Yeah. And the pandemic hit and we basically have taken those skills that we, we use during making those comedy videos and put it to making branded videos for um businesses and brands and that started with an ad agency that I randomly found during the pandemic and me and Shelby were like oh we could come up with some ideas for these these brands and we did we pitched it to the guy and he was kind of blown away and I think we were kind of blown away that he was blown away <laughs> so then and there we were like okay we might have something here and we're like Why don't we expand and make this a legitimate business? And that's what we did.
1: Wow. Okay. So this is something I haven't thought of because it's very rare that we have three-person interviews on this show. So when each of you begin speaking, if you could channel William Shatner and the Denny Crane character (laughs) and just state your name. No, I'm kidding.
3: (laughs) Okay, he absolutely so, can't.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah, and, and, as I'm, and as I love to tell people, uh, William Shatner did not win an Emmy for Star Trek playing Captain Kirk. He did not win it for T.J. Hooker playing T.J. Hooker. He didn't win it for Big Giant Head or any of the other shows that he was on during the years. He won his first Emmy at the age of 73 for playing oh. a six-episode recurring character in a series that had already been canceled.
2: Whoa, I and the,
1: did not and, know that. And, and, and the character's primary trait was just repeating his own name. Do
2: you remember <laughs> the name of the show? I'm so curious. Is it
1: Boston well, Legal? Well, of course. Uh, the character was initiated during the last six episodes of The Practice, which then transitioned into Boston Legal. It was, uh, oh. one, it was part of the cast of characters from The Practice that carried on into a new series called Boston Legal, but the format of the two shows is a lot different.
2: Oh, wow. got it. That's some good trivia. Very well, good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so let's explore this being a sit down comic myself. And I'm waiting for somebody to finally like point out what I'm saying there. Uh, why? <laughs> why is comedy so important when it comes to video marketing? And that may sound like Captain Obvious, but I don't think it is. <laughs>
3: yeah i mean it's very this is shelby speaking um (laughs) it's very uh important because you know people's attention spans are so limited today especially online so you know if you're going to be marketing your business or putting a commercial out or any kind of branded video content out you want to capture those eyeballs and for us um, the main thing is not only capturing and keeping the eyeballs but we always strive to create content for our clients that is something viewers want to share with their sister, their mom, their best friend. So that's just creating, you know, more free marketing for our clients just based on the fact that, you know, these people saw something funny that they liked in our ad and, um, you know, felt like a fellow friend or family member could relate Um so, yeah, that's why it's especially important for us and our clients.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, who doesn't love something that's entertaining to watch? I mean, I know when something that I find funny pops up, I'm immediately all ears and paying attention. And, you know, we also talk a lot about relatability. And a lot of times when people buy, it's from an emotional response. And we usually come at that relatability factor um, that people can kind of allow themselves to laugh at themselves because they're like, huh, yeah, I get that. I understand that. So it kind of like takes a layer off for a second and lets them connect. And once there's that that there's that connection, then you have, you know, there's more um, reason for them to buy your product or service.
1: Yeah. I think there's something to the whole thing that we want to be entertained and good comedy has a grain of what's known as truth in it. I believe there's no such thing as the truth. I believe that there are facts that can be empirically scientifically and otherwise proven. The truth (laughs) is in the eye of the beholder, which is why polygraph tests measure for signs of prevarication. They don't fact check. So that being said, when people can view comedy through the eyes of their own truth, and something seems to resonate with them in some way, it may pull them even more into the story, which is if you look at say, for example, the evolution of news media. Now don't get me started on my opinions of what passes as news in this country. And the the sad thing about that statement is regardless of the ideological leanings of whoever's listening to this, they, can pro- they probably just saw the logo of some network they really hate pop in the mind that they will accuse of using propaganda to create narratives. And the fact is most of them do. But mm-hmm. the reason I'm going some places with this is you may recall uh, on Comedy Central, it's, I think it's still there. I'm not sure. I See, I don't really follow this that closely. But you remember when there was, um, I think it was called The Daily Show. And they went through a few different hosts. Uh, the second or third one was Jon Stewart. And mm-hmm. almost 20 years ago, mm-hmm. they were making the commentary The people were tuning into this damn show for their news. Right. At, yeah, the time right. I under- at the time, I understood it, but I didn't have the language for it. It's the idea that seeing that corporate news, oh, it's so boring and. You know, we know that on some level that this is all scripted. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some narratives, there's some corporate drive behind it. And for those of you who want to really think critically or conspiratorially, there could be some sort of psyops going on. But with the comedy, they could tell the news and put a little humorous spin on it. Yeah. And, say, oh. and when done properly, you could laugh at it, regardless if you loved, hated, or were indifferent to the the subject, whether it be the topic or the individuals involved.
3: Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Bill Maher is Bill Maher is pretty he does that as well. I think The Daily Show is still on. I think Trevor Noah is the host now. Oh, that's right.
1: That's right. I, I, I can't remember which is which is which, which one's the late show, which one's the late, late, I late know. show, which one's the <laughs> actual successor to Jay Leno. I can't keep them all straight.
2: Yeah, yeah. but I mean, to your point, I, I feel like the reason that people gravitate towards that is because there are so many dark and scary things in this world. And I think people need to laugh. They need to like release. And, ha- and that's what laughing is. It's like a release And so I feel like it's kind of needed and that's part of the reason me and Shelby love it so much too, is like, we want to, we want to put that joy out into the universe. We want, we want to entertain people and, and bring us all together essentially. Yeah, I think people
1: find it entertaining. You look at, say, for example, uh, what happens with TikTok, which is not a place you're likely to see me because I have a face for radio. Fortunately, I was given the voice to match, so God at least was consistent with his attributes. There I go with the sit-down comedy again. (laughs) It's just not really a platform for me, but I know... I know folks who are making real money doing that, including a friend of mine who's involved in, uh, I think it's called Turo, the thing where you buy cars and then lease them out, you become basically a private rental agency, and is now actually monetizing that from followers who see her telling stories about being involved in that, and are hiring her to coach them on how to do the same thing.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Oh,
1: yeah. Both both doing the TikTok thing and the Turo thing, by the way, to be clear.
2: Yeah.
3: I um, follow a real estate agent actually on TikTok who doesn't necessarily talk about real estate. She does a lot of like actually recipes like cooking and whatnot. And, um, but she was saying how her first real estate client came from TikTok. Her real estate business is blowing up because of TikTok. Not even with the fact that she doesn't necessarily post videos about real estate.
1: That's the weird thing is you, sometimes get attention from things that are not strictly about the business. I learned this not so much through comedy but just through association. Mm. 10 years ago back when website conversion consulting was an actual separate discipline and I had a firm that did website conversion consulting, I put a video on YouTube about how to customize the order forms on a platform called One Shopping Cart. So that it didn't just show like the name of the product and the price. You could actually put your own language, put your guarantee seal, pictures Mm -hmm. of testimonials and things like that on the order form itself. And uh, one of my coaches at the time said, you know, that's really stupid. You're positioning yourself as a website conversion consultant. And here you are doing tech stuff that uh, some virtual assistant should be doing. Funny thing, I started getting emails. I started getting yeah. messages saying I loved your video about the order forms. I was looking for somebody to finally show me how to do it. By the way, uh, since I was doing that to help increase conversions on my shopping cart, I understand you do that in general. And I, I got some high ticket clients out of that. In fact, right. in that business, it was my number one. It was my number one lead and revenue generator. I made. I made. Wow. I made the guy tell me that I told him so. Yeah. I
2: mean, that guy, you, you built the trust in that, that guy from that other Avenue and it just made, made him trust you to do what you actually do. So I, I feel like that that's a really smart point.
1: Yeah. So when it comes to YouTube videos, and this is going to be a little bit wide ranging, we have the time here and I have so many questions and you have such a range of things that you provide, by the way, I checked out your website and I love that video uh, about the cat and uh, the pretty litter and <laughs> oh. I see the and I see you actually having the conversation with the cat and I can relate to that because I have conversations with my office supervisors all the time I even voice them
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love cats I talk to my cat every day <laughs> and,
1: and, and does your cat engage in the conversation as well
3: oh yes he's very very vocal I filmed him before where I'm like you know, do you wanna um, do, do you want this? And he's like, I'm not gonna get mm-hmm. into it. I so yes. but he talks right back.
1: I I great. Uh years and years and years ago, I knew somebody who had a 35 pound ginger white tabby cat, and his name was Boo Boo Kitty. <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I,
1: held, I held up his bag of meow mix and pointed to it and said, what does this say? And he told me
3: "He's my said,
1: yeah, <laughs> he wanted his meow mix. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, something had, something had to fuel that Zeppelin. So anyway, um, and you're, you know, before we get in deeper into branding videos and such, I just want to get your thought. This is something that I work with, with my clients actually is When you open up a platform, whether it's YouTube or Rumble or Vimeo or whatever it is, you're usually confronted with a page of video players that are very small, and you have the real estate within that little video player shrunken to get the clicks. What have you found to be some of the best practices in getting people to actually click on those things? Yeah.
3: I mean, in terms of, getting people to click a link to go to that uh, follow-up page or to actually place their order. One thing that we've done in the past is at the end of our video, we just kind of linger there and we acknowledge the third, like the we break the third wall. So we acknowledge the viewer and we say, you know, something like, you're gonna click that link, girl. Come on, you know you want to click it. And then you know the character's just sitting there waiting. She's like, "I can't go till you click the link." So stuff like that, where you're really kind of winking at the fact that you want them to click on something specific, or visit the website, or just calling it out in a very obvious way with a, a spokesperson who has a strong POV, um, could be a great and easy way to do that.
1: Right, right, right. So that's moving from the video view to the action from the video. I'm, and that's great. Now, was actually where I was going next, but let's backtrack for a second. I'm referring to how to design the thumbnail. Let's use technical language.
3: Oh, um, in terms of like the still thumbnail for the video? Yes, video? yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because that's not something we necessarily do for our clients. Usually they have an in-house designer that will design the thumbnails and whatnot, but um, I've done it for our specific YouTube channel. Um, So for that, I mean, it's, I'm no expert on thumbnails. Um, For me, I think what i found works best is questions, if it is some sort of a how-to video, making that very clear, how-to is kind of a keyword on YouTube, um, and then images, pictures work great, or like a still of faces. I would never do um, a thumbnail that doesn't have someone's face in it. I feel like people want to click on videos where they see another human, um, at least as far as our content goes. If you're searching for cat videos, you probably don't want to see a human on the thumbnail, but Um, that, I guess those are kind of the tips that I've just discovered from trial and error. Um, but like I said, usually our clients do their own thumbnails and usually we do YouTube advertisements. So those automatically play at the top of whatever video you've clicked. So there really isn't a thumbnail for, for ads. Does that, does that answer the question? Oh yeah. 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 It,
1: it, It very much does. It gives some insights in terms of what brings the human factor. Uh, back during mm-hmm. my days doing the website conversion stuff, uh, there was something about the positioning of the face. Like, if you wanted somebody to take an action, if you could find an avatar of a human being looking toward the action, because people will follow the eyes. Like, if you're, stand- yeah. if, you're standing, if you're standing in a group and one person looks over their shoulder, everybody follows their gaze. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: 100%. Yeah. So overall, uh, what what goes into creating uh, a brand video? And first of all, define that term. I, I mean, I get it, but for our listeners.
3: Yeah. Um, a brand video is, <laughs> I guess, um, a video for a brand. But specifically when it comes to us, we kind of create a comedy video that is going to encourage the viewer either to visit the brand's website, to make a purchase, to share with someone else. So it's not just a comedy video just for fun. It has some kind of marketing purpose behind it. Um, And there is a difference between quote unquote, just branded video and an actual ad or a commercial. Yeah. Uh, An ad or a commercial, I think is, you know, purchase driven, whereas a Branded video can just be to you know create awareness around the brand and get the name out there.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah i i li- I like that. Uh, see, see what I found mm-hmm. with our intros and outros for podcasts is a combination of the underlying musical track seems in just in our studies it's shown to have a lot of impact on creating the mood for the listener and putting them in the frame of mind for the type of content they should be expecting. And the language it's spoken usually follows a script and that scripts are for all of our clients and are in fact, very similar. They're almost fill in the blanks. There's conditional logic and variables that the clients follow when they uh, customize them, but that's basically it. And as far as imagery, it can be everything from just a still of the client. I know for this one, where Mm -hmm. we, uh, where her thing is public speaking mentoring. And a lot of her topics Mm -hmm. have to do with helping people become more effective public speakers, more effective influencers, more effective leaders, is we purchased royalty-free art of a a cartoon of a woman giving a speech, standing next to a blank screen. Her daughter, her daughter then took the image and replace the cartoon character of the speaker with one that looked like the mom. Oh. So and that and then the entire video is you listen to the you listen to the narrator speaking out the script, and words and images flash on that blank screen, just like if you're sitting in the audience watching a presentation.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: We've uh, yeah, she's uh, tested in front of about. Twenty different guests so far, and uh, I know that all but one of the guests thought it was actually pretty cool, and even commented on it when they shared the episode. In some cases, but there was one that said, "You know, this is really hokey and man, this doesn't represent your brand." So I'm not going to share my episode. Okay, don't. And 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 if my and if my clients listen to this, you know, they know they know who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about, and that's and I've expressed my feelings on that directly. To the Uh, clients, come on, you're on somebody else's platform, you you revel in it. And where we got the inspiration for that is this was an audience that either is corporate or is entrepreneurial, but with an extensive corporate background. And they're used Mm -hmm. to seeing those types of drawings in corporate materials that follow the design motif of standardizing and templatizing human beings so as Mm -hmm. to create more diversity without having to chase down people that fit certain uh, types Mm -hmm. to make sure everybody's Mm -hmm. represented. You can draw them fast so you can find them sometimes. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it seems like you were trying to get out the message of like what this episode was about and and that's very good. I think being clear and Uh concise about what you're showing. So people know what they're getting into before they um, even click in your instance. Um, but for us, we also try to do that at the at the top of a video. We need to be as clear and concise about what the product is, what it does, what's the tone of the brand, so people know what they're getting into and they can understand it very clearly from the get go.
1: Yeah, we yeah we had that uh, we had that in mind as well. If you look at the personality of this particular host. She's, she's everybody's most adorable grandmother. <laughs> and, when, and, and what do you think when you think of grandma? You think of, uh, you think of books with pictures in them. Because when you went, went to grandma's right. house, you got to read all the books your mom and dad read when they were growing up.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, At least, at
1: least mm-hmm. how, that's at least how it was for me. When I went to my uh, dad's mother's house, I would go up to her library and all their, all the books from all of her kids were still there.
2: Oh, I love that. That's yeah. sweet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a ma- so it's a matter of, of linking that mm-hmm. to things that we all relate to at some visceral level. It's gotta to feel to me like it's authentic to us. Yes. I, mean, I can I mean I can put up PowerPoint slides and I can walk you through bullet points and I can put sippy zappy animations on them. Like whoopee <laughs> freaking do. And some of my training <laughs> programs do go with some of the slides bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, and I usually disclose, this is the part where I want you to get at a level where both seeing it and hearing it will more than double your comprehension and ability to make it a natural part of your behavior and process, whereas mm-hmm. just hearing it, you could drift off, or just seeing it, you won't have the verbal reinforcement, so yeah. that you hear a voice telling it to you like it's in a conversation.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, and everybody learns differently, too, so...
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's another thing to keep in mind. I, I, I even go so far as to say, and this is the one I'm delivering webinars sometimes, I'll say, okay, this is the one where you take a screenshot. And that relates to what we see in the in-person public speaking world. The keynote speakers will put up their PowerPoints that follow their speech and rather than do that whole thing of, okay, everybody put your smartphones down and don't take notes, just focus on me. Okay. Nobody's going to freaking do that.
0: In fact, <laughs> yeah. if you tell me,
1: in fact, if you tell me not to do something, I'll do it just to see <laughs> what you're actually going to do about it.
0: Exactly. Um, exactly. So what,
1: so what I've seen as a tactic is I've, and I, and I learned this, I'll, I'll give credit among others to, um, to David Fagan of top talent. He, um, and he actually introduced me to this when you get to a slide that has a lot of the information that they're going to take notes on anyway you actually disclose okay this is the part where you all take out your camera phones and take <laughs> a picture of that slide got it yeah cool. that's
3: smart now
1: you have the notes
3: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: and and that's comedic in a way you're kind of, you're kind of making a joke out of it but and they I pro- they probably appreciate that um, so when you're calling it out, it, it makes it more comfortable for the viewer because they're like, ha ha, yeah, no one, everyone's snoozing at this point.
3: Yeah, I, or like, yeah, they, they can free themselves up to relax a little and, and not be so, you know, on their notepad, making sure they get every word.
1: Right. Yeah. To, to me, it, it almost seemed like a form of breaking the fourth wall.
3: Yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. Very similar.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. So um, you mentioned that you are you have some involvement in YouTube advertising, and that is something that one of our listeners who knew that we were going to have you on the show submitted as a pre question. I have a group of uh, fans and followers who see who we have coming up and they'll say, hey, hey, since you have so and so, is there any chance you could work this in? And so I'm going to That's work so something cool. in here
3: is uh,
1: and something I'm going to work in here. Right. Thank you. Somewhere I'm working here right now is, uh, you know, since we're talking about video, how, this whole YouTube advertising, everybody talks about Facebook advertising. What I know about YouTube advertising is that uh, in order for a channel to be eligible for monetization, it has to have X number of followers and X number of videos and something like that. And in our work through Podcast Reach, we have our clients, if they choose to do so, before they get advertisers and sponsors, create 30-second videos that are essentially a commercial for their own product or service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when we, have the, when we have the video uploaded to YouTube, and this is also the instructions we give when we turn the process over to whoever's going to be their producer, is we have them first, the, the, the splicing order is basically in this order. The first thing is the commercial spot. Then you have the intro, then you have the episode, and then whatever you want to do on the back end as far as outro. uh, And there's many different techniques for that, as you well know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we put the commercial first because it replicates the feel of the channel being monetized, even though there's no skip button.
3: Right, right. Wow, I've never heard of that. You're basically creating... A, a fake YouTube ad for your own video. That's yep. so interesting. That's mm. very smart. Very smart.
1: Yeah. And the way it's languished is once the channel does become eligible for monetization and starts attracting monetization, that once they skip that ad, that commercial spot will still feel natural and integral to what they've skipped onto. Because mm-hmm. cool. the, the ad they see will probably reflect some website they visited. But the commercial advertisement within the episode itself will pertain to either the owner of the business that produces the podcast or somebody that paid the money for that space.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yes. Very yeah. smart.
1: Yeah. I also noticed that, and I, and I experiment with this both ways. If you put the commercial before the intro, it seems to go like three times as fast than if you put the commercial after the intro. Because it feels like you've introduced it. Oh, now we have to listen to this commercial. Whereas Mm. you get the commercial all the way first. And something about that, even though it's still the same 55 seconds, it seems to go by a lot faster when you put the commercial first.
2: Right. Because I'm sure the commercial is more eye-catching and has a lot more going on, which makes sense.
3: Or it's just the fact that, you know... You're, you're watching the video you clicked on that you want to watch and, and it almost feels natural. Like with TV, it's like, okay, I got to watch this, this commercial before I can get into my show. But to start the video you want to watch and then go to a commercial feels kind of like jarring and annoying and then to not be able to skip. So I can see why, I feel like the temptation would almost be to click off at that point. So I can see why putting it at the top is more successful. And it almost legitimizes the mm-hmm. the actual video because it's like, oh, this person, you know, is monetized. This person is getting ads on their channel. So uh-huh. yeah, totally. it's kind of a win-win.
1: Yeah. The way we position that for our clients is number one, you want to sell without selling. You don't want to spend your episode just making it a conversation about your own business the whole time. And you want to make sure that something about you gets in, even though you're having a conversation with somebody else, which is probably about their business. That's number one. And number two, when you think about before you have sponsors and advertising, who's paying for it.
3: You are the business. (laughs) Your,
1: your business is paying for it. That makes you a sponsor and it makes you eligible to advertise on it.
3: Yeah. And it's also kind of, um, I I feel like, If I were watching a video from a creator that I like, and, you know, they started their video with an ad for, you know, a product they've created or a service that they offer, it almost feels like, okay, I'm supporting them by, by watching this ad before I get to see the video. I feel like I would have more of an openness to either buying their product, hiring them for whatever service. So definitely. um, yeah, it's, that's a really uh, interesting way to do it and a really great idea.
1: Yeah, um, so I've also noticed that the ads can be repetitive. For example, one of the things I do in my very, very rare spare time when I need to unwind is I will go to either YouTube or Facebook Watch or something like that and I will repeatedly watch the same compilations of Bar Rescue Moments. <laughs> And I, and I have lost track of how many times my video enjoyment, just to the point where John Taffer was about to yell, shut it down. Right at that moment, they cut in with this same commercial about some mattress made out of avocados and it shows a little girl jumping up and down on the mattress with some music from the 1920s playing. Now, I bring, I bring that up for two reasons. To point out that I see that commercial. so often, sometimes three times while watching the same 20 minute video. And I just described it to you. And I'm aware of it enough to know that it's a mattress made out of avocados. So even if I can't remember the exact name of it, I now have enough information. I can go bing to Yahoo, all the Googles in about yeah. three seconds. I could tell you that brand name.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, me too. Avocados. avocado well, mattress. Let's,
1: well, let's look it up. <laughs> this is part of the reason we do a we do the audio version here. Aside from me just not wanting to hold a media pose, is that uh, it's what is it called? It is oh, the, it's called
3: avocado green mattress, isn't it? Yeah,
1: that's the one. Yes, <laughs> that is that that is absolutely it. It's <clears throat> that's the logo that I've seen about a thousand times. I'm also <laughs> I'm also thinking about the reason I pay for Spotify. Uh, if yep. you don't pay, if you don't pay for Spotify, like every third song, you get a commercial. Yep. And they come up with some weird algorithmic idea of something that they think you want to hear. And they'll play that commercial over and over again. If it's during election season, it'll always be commercials for the candidate. There's no way in hell you'd ever vote for. And and, (laughs) and, 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 and if you, like me, um, experience severe misophonia, then they will bombard you with ads about food that you hear people talking with food in their mouths without a pop filter. (laughs) It's the the latter thing That caused me to pay for Spotify Because I couldn't listen to the people Talking with food in their mouths anymore
3: Oh god I don't blame you
1: And and as far as this avocado Green mattress I don't know I mean uh, maybe uh, (laughs) I'd I'd have to to see one Uh, I hope hope they have the Extra extra tall pillow top King version because that's the only one that fits My giant bed (laughs) I need, yeah, my, my bed doesn't have springs in it. So I need the, uh, I need the mattress that uh, replicates that. Yeah. Otherwise I got to go buy springs now and I don't want to do that.
3: <laughs> no, who <laughs> wants to do that.
1: Yeah. 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 So, um, so I guess the next thing that, um, you know, you guys wanted to cover this, you mentioned this in the green room to me is the topic of leadership. Now, what does that mean to you when it comes to your business and the work that you do?
3: I mean, oh wow! So, I think go ahead, Christina. Sorry.
1: Well, Christina, you're well, the you're the one that asked, so uh, you uh, you tell <laughs> me.
3: <laughs> well, I feel like me
2: and Shelby always pride on pride ourselves on creating a working environment not only with each other but with the freelancers we hire. We want to make it fun for everybody. Not only do we want it to be a fun process for our client, we also want it to be fun and exciting for the people that we bring on so and you know what we're always open to other people's ideas it's not like our way or the highway like we have some really great crew members who also can add in a little bit bit of direction sometimes when we're on set and we're, we're open to that because we we love to encompass and include everybody because you never know what great idea is going to come about. So I feel like in terms of leadership, we really want to hone in on like a positive environment when it comes to um, whether we're communicating with the client or whether we're um, doing a project from start to finish with freelancers, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, certainly. When, when with our clients, when we, get to the point where we demonstrate how to post-produce and publish an episode, I do it. And I, and I film myself actually producing that client's ninth episode because part of the deal with podcast Mm. reach is we publish the first eight because that goes in tandem with the launch we walk them through. Uh, So the ninth one is the one we use to demonstrate the process. And what I say at the very top of the video is I say, you're watching over my shoulder. You're seeing how I do it. If I accidentally goof something up, you're actually going to see me goof it up and then backtrack it. I'm not going to mm-hmm. edit this. This is just totally natural because I want you to also understand the problem-solving side of this yeah. because you'll, gl- you'll glitch as you go along too. And it's then I make, the fi- yeah, I make the final point is uh, you may not use my version of Camtasia. You may not use Camtasia at all. You may think some software that I think sucks is awesome. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. All that matters is you find your own way to have it look the same as the end result.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And some of the, like, uh, in one case, it was the client's nephew. In another case, it was some VA firm they hired. uh, In the third case, it was the client themselves, have come back to me and showed me how they adapted their processes. And a few of the things I thought were were so, so good, I back... I, I backplaced it into my own process and use it going, ongoing, ongoing. So nice. you can kind of discover things both ways with that.
2: Yeah, I love that. I, I love showing the human side of the human error side of things, because that's ultimately how people are going to learn. Um, it, we do the same kind of thing on our YouTube. We show like a lot of different bloopers, which shows mishaps here and there during um, onset stuff and also, you know, tips and tricks on how to do things and teaching. So I feel like that's very integral and important uh, when it comes to a business, because if you can add value to the consumer, then um, they're going to pay attention.
1: You remember back in the day when you could buy DVD sets or Blu-ray sets of whatever TV show that was you really loved? And there would be within those, and and within those discs. I I know they still sell them somewhere on Amazon, but you know, ever since we've gotten into streaming services and such and, uh, and uh, you know, things like prime and Hulu and Netflix and all that, where you can just binge it later. You know, the thing that they do not seem to put on the streaming services that I really miss are the deleted scenes collections and the blooper reels.
2: Yeah. 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 I just love those.
1: It's, it's the one thing I feel is missing, even though, generally speaking, I prefer that approach to things. And I mean, it's been since 2008 since I actually would schedule my life around being in front of a television to watch some show I was following, because mm-hmm. two shows that I had done that for uh, both went into series finale right at the end of 2008. And after that, I said no more. And this was right about when streaming services were really starting to become a thing. Yeah. And, I followed, mm-hmm. and I followed a lot of series since then. What I normally do is wait till it's over and then, and then binge it.
2: Yeah, same.
1: There, there are a couple reasons. First of all, no commercials, which is awesome. I will, yep. pay, I will pay the $3 per episode to not have to deal with commercials all day long. So now you're spending 22 minutes instead of 30 or 49 minutes instead of 60. So you're already saving 10 minutes per episode. The second is, if you watch three or four in a row, you tend to pick up more of the storylines, some of the correlations and some of the causes and effects that you miss if you go a week between showings.
2: Yeah, because my memory is, I can forget like that.
1: And the third is, and this is actually kind of why I bring this up. In a lot of cases, I already know how it turned out. Like, I know how the series ended. I know who lived or died. I, I, And I know some of the events that happened over the course of it because I heard discussion of it or read something about it. But the thing is, it didn't matter. I still wanted to see it.
3: Mm-hmm. We, see
1: something, we see something in movies, and I've noticed this more and more over the past 10 years, where at the beginning of the movie, they show the climax first. Yeah. And then they do a cut go and back. they go back. Yeah. And then they tell the story. And even though you already know how this is going to turn out, or you know what the turning point is going to be about three fourths of the way in, it doesn't matter that you already know. Now, instead of being hooked on, gee, I wonder what's going to happen here,
2: you're how now hooked happen?
1: on, you're now what you're hooked on. This is going to be really interesting seeing how they get there.
2: Totally. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I love those two, actually, because I mean, it's really just a smart technique of catching, capturing your attention and, and then you can, yeah, exactly what you said.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of this uh, old anecdote. Uh, it's, uh, it was that TV show mash It ran for 11 years. It ended in 1983. It was about those uh, surgeons in the Korean war, uh, right. for those of our younger viewers, uh, and, uh, the, and the network, CBS, I guess one of their executives, did not want to run the Goodbye, Farewell, Name, End episode, which was that two and a half hour episode they used to close the series. Mm. Because they thought that if they actually tied up the story, that nobody would want to watch the show in syndication because people would huh. know how it ended. And somebody, and somebody, it might have even been one of the actors, said... You know, I think a lot of people are aware that the Korean conflict ended and they went home.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. funny. (laughs) You mentioned um, earlier. I don't know if if we covered this or not, but you mentioned you had a listener question for us, and I'm just so curious as to. Oh what it yeah. Was. Oh
1: oh oh yes. Um, the, the the thing the thing with me is I open a thousand loops and then close three hundred of them. At least yeah. if you want
3: <laughs> to come back for more for the other
1: seven hundred. Uh, best practices for YouTube uh, YouTube marketing.
3: Ah, in terms of creating, uh, like if you were to create a video for your brand or business, I'm assuming. Oh, uh,
1: well, you know, advertising rather. Advertising is the word I'm actually looking for here.
3: Um. Well, we can definitely talk about, um, you know, how to create the best possible advertisement. For yes, your that's what we're looking for. That's okay, what we're looking yeah. for. Yes. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we always do with our clients, and you know, even if we're doing something for ourselves, is we always want to start with multiple hooks. So the hook is the first, I guess, three to five seconds of the video, and that is what should really, you know, capture your viewers' attention. Um, there's a lot of different ways we do that: different tropes, different ways to surprise. Um, but basically, comedy lives in the unexpected, and we want to make sure we have something unexpected in those first three to five seconds. Yeah. Um, and then we'll do a, a core section of the video, which is where we deliver, you know, all the product information, everything we want to get out. And then we do multiple CTAs. So that way, when our clients are running the ad, they can test these different hooks and different CTAs with the same core section of the video. So if you're looking to do something for your own business or brand, I would definitely say, shoot multiple intros and multiple closings because that we, it's, you know, comedy is not a perfect science. So sometimes, you know, something that's so funny to us on the page, once we shoot it and edit it and put it out there, it doesn't hit the same as this other intro that, you know, we never saw coming and that ends up being the top performer. So that way, even if you're just, even if you only have the budget to shoot one ad for your business um, you're covered and you have you know multiple different ways that you can still test that one ad.
2: Yeah. And uh, like what she said about being in, in, in ex- unexpected at the top, um, you really want to hook them. So I think it's either it needs to be su- something super unexpected. For example, like we did uh, a, a video for a cat litter company and the cat lady looked like she was about to take a big old bite of cat food. And so yeah. that- caught the attention right away and I think the other thing they talk people talk about a lot is adding value right away like giving something to your consumer that they can actually use um, mm-hmm. um that I don't think necessarily goes hand in hand with comedy as much um, but yeah we do a big brainstorm where we kind of write down all these different options for hooks like what what's going to make somebody go oh like what is that? Like what is that? So um, we always start with a huge brainstorm, and I think that's a great way to start. And then bounce it off someone you trust and um, get their opinion. If you don't have the opportunity to to, to test,
1: yeah, um, I I think that does make a lot of sense. Now, what I picked out of it is if you do multiple intros and multiple outros, if you film them strategically in such a way that you can go back to the original render file and keep swapping them in and have them seamlessly tap into the main part of the video. I'm just making this very simple so that you can test different hooks and different intros and things like that.
3: Yep, that's exactly right. And usually, I mean, what we'll do for our clients and what I do and Christina does when we edit is, you know, if you're using, you know, Premiere or whatnot, you're going to have multiple sequences so I usually do a sequence for every hook um so and each each sequence is sort of like that list out of like all the video audio Uh everything files so that way when we export it's you know it's ready to go and we have it saved in like in terms of you know hook a core CTA one, and then I'll do hook a core CTA two. This is getting yeah. really technical. But, oh, um, oh no,
1: actually, actually <laughs> you're doing a real good job, keeping it very linear and simple for somebody to build upon. So go ahead.
3: I hope so. Um, and then, you know, we'll have other, uh, you know, the next set of sequences will be hook B core CTA two, etc. Uh-huh. So that way we'll have exports of each one as its own full length video that we can then, you know, send to our clients so that it's all ready to go. And you can do the same thing for yourself. um, And just have, you know, on your hard drive, all the different versions of your video, run them all at once, see what performs, see when people click off all that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly. And that's, that's also very important to be able to have that level of, analytics which can be accomplished through so many different softwares, to see what percentage they watch what part is most watched and things like mm-hmm. that uh mm-hmm. you know there you know there are um and I'm just thinking of this sometimes I will spend 20 minutes scrolling through multiple episodes of some tv series I watched years ago because I'm trying to find this one scene I'm thinking about
3: mm-hmm. right yeah. right that's so true
1: and, and, and part of what drives me of this sometimes, I'm looking for a screen cap to use as a meme. And I want to, cap, <laughs> and I want to capture it from that actual scene. So I want will, to I, I will spend an hour and a half uh, wow. finding, finding this one scene where the character said, we'll pull it off like we always do. Right under the nose was the goddamn smile. And I wanted to capture the expression on his face when he said goddamn smile. I went, I could not remember what season that was from.
3: Oh, wow. wow. Except, wow. Except,
1: work. Ex, except for the fact that it was in one of the season finales. I had to go, oh. all, the, I, I had to go all the way to the 27th minute of season five. <gasps> oh <gasps> my
2: God. But I
1: got there and I got that exact cap.
2: That's commitment.
1: And that, and, that, and, that, and that was all for a four second slide in one of my PowerPoints that just flashed by. Wow. Worth it. <laughs> and and what yeah, worth it because that's part of my sit-down comedy. And because sometimes it's those little things that are unexpected that
0: uh-huh. people remember
1: the most. Yeah. And you can do that as intentionally as you want. And your storyboarding and multivariate testing process can help you get there perhaps faster. But we can't always anticipate what it is that's going to make the audience say, Holy heck
2: exactly exactly yeah
3: that's so true i mean even when you think about you know stand up <laughs> rather than sit mm-hmm. down comedy you know that's that's what y- you do you go out and you test your material and you test it and you test it and you fine tune it in front of a live audience so that you know by the time your big show comes or your special or whatever you might have um you know it's foolproof you know it's rock solid and you know people are going to laugh because you've already tested it 300 times so you know we also write um film and tv scripts and um that's something that you know we always do we just had a read through of um, a pilot that we wrote with a bunch of actors so that we could hear it out loud and make sure that people were laughing at the right things and, uh-huh. and really test it on someone other than the two of us. <laughs> yeah
1: well speaking of trivia bloopers and things like that um, when I'm not watching highlight reels from Bar Rescue I'm on the IMDB reading the trivia and goof sections of movies.
2: Ooh, and yeah, rec- cool. and rec-
1: recently i was reading the trivia about the movie a few good men from oh my oh my god it was 30 years ago why yeah. yeah. oh, are we getting old uh, anyway <laughs> any, anyway uh somewhere in it and i vaguely remember i'm gonna have to watch the movie sometime again and remind myself where the uh the three attorneys uh played by Tom Cruise, Demi Moore, and that third guy, I think David Pamer, I think it was, but I might be off by one actor. Um,
0: Kevin Pollock?
1: Kevin Pollock. It yeah, it's it. Kevin Pollock. You're right. You're right. Pamer and Pollock have similarities. I often
2: confuse right. you to. <laughs>
1: uh, But anyway, anyway, they had ordered Chinese, and one of the characters said Kung Pao chicken. And the, uh, the director of the movie, Rob Reiner, expected that to be a comedy line. And to this day, he wonders why in all the screen tests and all of the test audiences and in all the feedback in the movie, about the movie over the past 30 years, nobody has ever laughed at the phrase Kung Pao Chicken.
3: <laughs> That's so funny. Interesting.
1: And when I, when I think about it, I can't see what would be funny about that either. Maybe there was some in joke or some double entendre, which is one huh. of the reasons I'm going to have to go back and watch this damn movie now.
2: <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> Let us know.
1: <laughs> I I will certainly do that. I'll certainly do that. But I but overall, I think what we're gathering here is just the whole idea of combining video marketing, video branding, video advertising and working in comedy and storyboarding mm-hmm. is that it is in fact a science. And like science, it is subject to the scientific method, which means you don't know until you test. And then once you test, you test again, you test again, you test again, and not every hypothesis will be proven. But at the same time, you might accidentally discover the cure. Yeah. Like, like, Um. like, 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 post-it notes. We have post-it notes because somebody didn't know how to mix glue.
3: (laughs) I did not know that. Is that true?
1: That is absolutely where post-it notes came from. Really? Uh, Yeah, they're created by... Well, they were created by 3M, which, which dealt in adhesives or deals in adhesives. Somebody mixed a batch of glue, but they got the, the chemical composition all wrong. Oh. So it created the, they created the substance that was sticky, but not adhesive. Hmm. Uh, somebody dipped a piece of paper and it stuck it to the wall and said, hey, I can, this will stay. But when I peel it off, <laughs> it doesn't leave a mark. <laughs> and thus oh post-it my. notes were born.
3: Oh, oh my gosh. gosh.
1: Yeah. So, this is a God too. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, seriously. So, this has been a joyous conversation, but we are at the top of the hour here. I do want to encourage all of our viewers uh, go to www.take2content.com. As I said at the beginning, the two is a number. Take the number two content.com. Entertain and enamor yourself with that video that will play. In the hero image at the top of the homepage, you'll see the pretty litter, you'll see the cat, you'll see you'll see a romantic snuggling scene, you'll see uh, a monster creeping in to, through the night, and you'll also see somebody rubbing a, a book bag. So, uh, I as you can tell, I'm watching it right now. And I think I've streamed it like seven <laughs> times over the course of our conversation here. Oh, oh yeah, and you guys get into a fight. Uh, one of you's holding a hair roller, and the other uh, oh, like, yeah. uh, like oh, a Jedi yeah, sword yeah. or something.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yep, and
1: yep. then yeah, and then there's the conversation between. I think it's I think it's Shelby actually laying with the cat, having a conversation.
3: <laughs> oh, I think that's Christina actually. <laughs> oh, is it?
1: Well, r- r- remember, r- remember, we're audio only here, so I have no freaking clue. Anyway, yeah, no Yeah, that's
3: kidding. true. That's yeah. true, yeah. But,
1: but seriously, take, check out this website. You'll discover, uh, you know, there's all this stuff, the portfolio, the service packages and everything. Uh, I think that you guys do a fantastic job when it comes to the production storyboarding and creation work do you do and I encourage all of our listeners to check that out so one more time www.take2content.com it's in the notes if you're viewing this on our website or listening to it on our website with that with that as we're right at the top of the hour Shelby Dash and Christina Clifford thank you so much for being with us today it's been an honor And believe me in education
2: Oh, oh my gosh Adam you're too kind thank you so much for having us Yes,
3: this was so fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.